No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Ezekiel prophesied that Jerusalem would be abused by her lovers. She was more wicked than Sodom and Samaria, but the Lord would renew His everlasting covenant with her. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Ezekiel chapter 16 on Simply the Bible. Jesus taught the principle that to those who have been given much, much more is required. That would certainly be true of the nation of Israel. They had been chosen by God to be his special treasure. And they were given the law on Mount Sinai and even given the promised land. Then God dwelt with them in the tabernacle and later in the temple. The Lord entered into a marriage covenant with her and made her his bride. But because she turned away from him and committed spiritual adultery with many idols, she was punished. Jerusalem especially had been given many privileges and yet sinned greatly. Therefore, she would be punished more severely. We continue in Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 35. Now then, O harlot, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, because your filthiness was poured out and your nakedness uncovered in your harlotry with your lovers and with all your abominable idols and because of the blood of your children which you gave to them. Surely, therefore, I will gather all your lovers with whom you took pleasure, all those you loved and all those you hated. And I will gather them from all around against you and will uncover your nakedness to them, that they may see all your nakedness. And I will judge you as women who break wedlock or shed blood are judged. I will bring blood upon you in fury and jealousy. I will also give you into their hand and they shall throw down your shrines and break down your high places. They shall also strip you of your clothes, take your beautiful jewelry and leave you naked and bare. Now, Jerusalem had committed spiritual adultery with her idols and committed murder by sacrificing her own children to the false gods. Therefore, God would gather her lovers against her. These were the surrounding nations whose gods Jerusalem had worshipped. Now they would turn on the Jews as they saw how God delivered them over to the Babylonians. God said that he would judge them in his fury and jealousy. God's fury and jealousy would be directed against his unfaithful wife. But that must not be understood in light of human emotions, but rather in the context of God's righteousness, holiness, and justice. Under the Mosaic law, prostitutes were to be burned, adulterers and adulteresses were to be stoned, and idolaters killed by the sword. Verse 40, they shall also bring up an assembly against you and they shall stone you with stones and thrust you through with their swords. They shall burn your houses with fire and execute judgments on you in the sight of many women. And I will make you cease playing the harlot and you shall no longer hire lovers. So I will lay to rest my fury toward you and my jealousy shall depart from you. I will be quiet and be angry no more. Because you did not remember the days of your youth, but agitated me 
with all these things, surely I will also recompense your deeds on your own head, says the Lord God, and you shall not commit lewdness in addition to all your abominations. And so they would be stoned like adulterers, slain with the sword like idolaters, and burned like prostitutes. These are horrific judgments that were coming upon God's people because of their infidelity. And then God said, I will lay to rest my fury against you. After God's justice had been spent against his people, then he would lay his fury to rest. Now, judgment is God's strange work. He was so patient with them for hundreds of years, uh, and yet they would not repent of their sins even when God sent his prophets to warn them. The big problem was that they did not remember the days of their youth. They didn't remember where they were when God first called them. And I think there's always the danger that we forget from where God took us. When I think about where God took me from and what God has done in my life and and all the blessings that he's brought into my life, all it does is just fill me with gratitude and a sense of my unworthiness to receive God's grace. Verse 44, Indeed, everyone who quotes Proverbs will use this proverb against you, like mother, like daughter. You are your mother's daughter, loathing husband and children, and you are the sister of your sisters who loathe their husbands and children. Your mother was a Hittite and your father an Amorite. So Israel was born in the land of Canaan and there was the family tendency to reject the Lord as their God and to walk in the idolatrous and immoral ways of the Canaanites whose practices were unspeakably vile. Your elder sister is Samaria, who dwells with her daughters to the north of you, and your younger sister to the south of you is Sodom and her daughters. You did not walk in their ways nor act according to their abominations, but as if that were too little, you became more corrupt than they in all your ways." So Ezekiel here is comparing them to both Samaria, the northern kingdom of Israel, and then also in the south, Sodom. By saying that Samaria was your elder sister and Sodom your younger sister. Now that would have been quite a slam against the Jews because the Jews considered themselves to be more righteous than the Sodomites whom God destroyed with fire. And the mere comparison with Sodom would have been offensive to them. But God said, you didn't even do the deeds of Sodom. You were worse than they. You became more corrupt. So Ezekiel continued, verse 48, As I live, says the Lord God, neither your sister Sodom nor her daughters have done as you and your daughters have done. Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride, fullness of food, and abundance of idleness, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw fit. So Sodom had not even done as bad as they did. 
as far as the Lord was concerned. And I think mainly it comes down to the fact that they sinned against so much more light than what the people of Sodom had. Now, what was Sodom's sin? God tells us here. The root problem in Sodom was that she was full of pride. And she lived in a fertile valley, and so there was fullness of food. And with that, there was an abundance of idleness, too much time on their hands. Of course, idle hands are the devil's workshop. Therefore, she became more attached to her own luxury and selfishness and had no concern for the poor and then committed abominations against the Lord. Now, no doubt that would have included the violent homosexuality for which Sodom was known. In Genesis 13, 13, we're told that the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. And then we know that when the two angels came to Lot, the, the men of the city, all the men of the city came to where Lot was living and said, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. So, so this sort of homosexual rape, which is what they wanted to do, this was what uh, God would no doubt refer to as abominations before him. Verse 51, Samaria did not commit half of your sins, but you have multiplied your abominations more than they and have justified your sisters by all the abominations which you have done. You who judged your sisters bear your own shame also because the sins which you committed were more abominable than theirs. They are more righteous than you. Yes, be disgraced also and bear your own shame because you justified your sisters. What a slap in the face this would have been to the Jews of Jerusalem. When I bring back their captives, the captives of Sodom and her daughters, and the captives of Samaria and her daughters, then I will also bring back the captives of your captivity among them, that you may bear your own shame and be disgraced by all that you did when you comforted them. When your sisters Sodom and her daughters returned to their former state, and Samaria and her daughters returned to their former state, then you and your daughters will return to your former state. So the amazing thing here is that God would restore them all despite their sins. Samaria, the northern kingdom, uh, Sodom, as well as Jerusalem. Now, how is it that Jerusalem would comfort Samaria and Sodom? Since they would see God restoring Jerusalem despite the bad things that she had done, both Samaria and Sodom would be comforted because God would restore them as well. Now, when will that happen? That really won't happen in totality until the millennial kingdom. Sodom doesn't exist. It was never rebuilt. But we assume that it will be uh, existing during the millennial reign of Christ as God restores her. For your sister Sodom was not a byword in your mouth in the days of your pride. I think this would better be translated as a question. Wasn't your sister Sodom a byword in your mouth in the days of your pride? In other words, they would boast against her. Before your wickedness was uncovered. It was like the time of the reproach of the daughters of Syria and all those around her and of the daughters of the Philistines who despise you everywhere. The Jews had held Sodom in contempt as they had with the Syrians and the Philistines. You have paid for your lewdness and your abominations, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord God, I will deal with you as you have done 
who despised the oath by breaking the covenant. Again, this was the big problem. They had the covenant with the Lord, and yet they despised their covenant with God and did even worse than these nations that God had judged. Nevertheless, I will remember my covenant with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. And here's the amazing thing, that even in justice, God remembers his mercy. He would ultimately reestablish his covenant with Israel, and then it will be an everlasting covenant. Then you will remember your ways and be ashamed when you receive your older and your younger sisters, for I will give them to you for daughters, but not because of my covenant with you. So in the future, Jerusalem would have both the privilege and responsibility of having both Samaria and Sodom as her daughters. This would not be because of their covenant with the Lord, but simply because of God's grace toward them. And I will establish my covenant with you. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, that you may remember and be ashamed and never open your mouth anymore because of your shame when I provide you an atonement for all you have done, says the Lord God. You just see that in this was the condemnation of their pride. They had boasted in themselves. They had boasted over these other people thinking that they were more righteous. But God says, you are not more righteous and you will be in your shame at that point. You'll realize that it is not by your righteousness, but by my grace that you are saved. And you know, that is just something that is good for all of us to realize always. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at office at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast, and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see where the Lord gives Ezekiel a parable of three branches. These branches represent two kings of Judah and a third king whom God will establish in the future. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Ezekiel on Simply the Bible 